This is Trad Lore, a traditional archery and barebow podcast with me, Jimmy Halpenny. How's everybody doing at the time that you are listening to this episode? So this is Jimmy. On today's episode, we are going to get into hunting a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about my personal hunting tactics, um, some things that I've always done when bow hunting, even with a compound, uh, and some things that I want to try out a little bit more this year. And also, you know, some questions I might have for all of you to help better me. Already recorded um, nearly this whole podcast and almost got to the end of it and I started choking. Um, not like dying choking, but you know, choking on your own spit. Um, and in somewhere in the middle of me going and getting a drink, I deleted the whole episode. So this is my second recording. Hopefully it's not worse than the first. Um, but before I want to, before I get into, um, you know, hunting and hunting tactics, I do want to, you know, give you some announcements and talk about what I've been up to recently. Some of you might be interested in hearing about me. Uh, most people I don't think are interested in hearing about me, um, but hopefully all of you are. So, excuse me, um, to start, um, I don't know who's listening to this that follows me on Instagram, but currently I am doing a giveaway. Tradlore has teamed up with a company called Novum Archery. They make um, leather split finger tabs. Um, they are an up and coming company. Uh, with a really affordable product at this time, they do only have split finger tabs, um, but they are wanting to give away one of their tabs for you all to try. Very affordable tabs, but very high quality looking. Um, all you have to do is go to Instagram. I have a giveaway post on there. You will need to like the post, put a comment on the post. You don't have to write anything you know, crazy unless you want to. And then if you're not already following me, uh, give me a follow. And if you're not already following Novum Archery, um, give them a follow as well. And in that post, you should be able to click and go to um, either one. And from there, you'll be entered in the giveaway. We are giving away the tab in a month. I believe the date is September 6th. So we'll do a drawing for it. And then whoever wins will get to pick whether or not they want left hand or right hand, and then that will be mailed out to you. Um, so go check them out and, you know, uh, follow, follow the rules. I um, definitely want to get everybody entered because even if you don't split, shoot split finger, you know, it, it would make a good backup tab. Um, I shot with the split finger tab for a long time, three under. Um, and, you know, maybe you know somebody that shoots split finger or you know somebody getting into the sport that you can pass that over to. I mean, that's the main reason for my podcast is to get people interested in traditional archery and any way that we can get, you know, stuff to a new archer um, it is going to be a positive reflection of us. You know, I'm always trying to recruit people. 
I'm not the most successful person at doing it. Um, I do have some plans coming up um, to maybe get some people, you know, started in traditional archery, maybe get a bow in their hand. Still working out the kinks with that. Um, but that, you know, hopefully is something that I can announce later on. I'm working really hard at it right now. I don't have a huge following. I don't, you know, I've got a lot of listeners um, out there. So I thank you all for listening. Um, but like I said, you know, the more people that I can reach to start getting bows into more people's hands, you know, the better. I, I want to use this as a way for the sport to grow. Like I said, it's not so much for my personal gain. Um, so that's all the announcements I really have. Um, what I have been doing recently, if you follow my Instagram, you probably know, I have been tuning, um, tuning, tuning, tuning. <clears throat> right now I'm taking a break from tuning and focusing on form. Because one thing that happens when you tune is you, if it's not going your way, you get frustrated, your form starts falling apart, and then you can't really tell what's going on with your tune anyways. So I um, took this as a time to focus on my form uh, while I'm waiting for some new arrows to get here. Uh, this all started when I wanted some XX75 Autumn Oranges, which I did purchase. I do have them in my possession. I had ordered the 2018s, and with a 200 grain point up front and the 23 grain, I think, insert, um, they are showing stiff for me. Um, I had them cut to 30 and a quarter. Probably shouldn't have done that. Um, I could probably, you know, get them to tune out if had I not. But I don't really want any more point weight. Um, I, you know, I liked how they were shooting. But really, they were also, you know, getting a little too uh, too heavy um, for me. Um, with the autumn oranges, I could have gone down to a, I think it was a 1916. But I don't think they make the 2016. I don't know. Uh, the next spine down would have taken me from this 460 down to like a 530. And I did a little bit of guesstimated math. And that was a little less point weight than I really wanted to run up front. So I brought out the arrows that I recently discovered were over spine for my bear bow. And those are Victory V-Force um, 500 spine. And I started off with the 100 grain point on. They shot stiff. Did a 150 grain. They shot stiff. 175. They were stiff, but very close. Put on the 200. And they are flying like darts. The only downside with that is my total arrow weight right now is somewhere around like 450, 460, I believe. And I really want to hit that 500 to 600 um, grain range. I recently made the choice to not hunt with a fixed crawl this year and gap shoot. And what I have noticed playing around with all of these different arrow combinations, that 500 to 600, if I can keep it between a 30, <clears throat> excuse me, and 31 inch arrow, really gets my gaps um, pretty close to where I want them. And it quiets the bow down quite a bit, getting it up to that 500. And honestly, it's got a lot of knockdown power. Um, I'm pulling about 27, 27 and a half inch of draw. 
and I'm getting 43 pounds out of my bow. So that extra energy out of a little bit heavier arrow gives me more confidence when I'm hunting. So I ordered um, some gold tip blims off of the Three Rivers website. Ordered a dozen of them to play with because they're not super expensive. And I know that if I really, really like them, they make the gold tip um, traditional classics, which is the same arrow, just at higher specs. If I really, you know, wanted to get into a straighter arrow later on, I could purchase those. But, you know, shooting off the shelf, traditional bow, big broadhead, we'll see if I even need to. It might just be that I stock up on gold tip blims and continue running them um, until I die. Who knows? Hopefully they work out. Um, I've not shot a 204 diameter arrow out of a trad bow. I've only shot the standard diameters and the aluminums. So we'll see if it works. I always like the 204 with the compound. I, I just like the way they cut through the air a little bit better. And I always felt like I got better penetration. Could have just been me. Um, but, you know, anything to gain that confidence, I guess, isn't a bad thing. So along with ordering those arrows, I did also order an arrow saw. I'm tired of wasting money on arrows because I have somebody cut them too short um, or running to the shop, you know, spending to have my arrows cut and wasting gas. If I really want to get serious about tuning, um, I knew that I needed to get an arrow saw. Um, so I did order a D-cut arrow saw from Three Rivers as well. and super excited to play with that. During the um, arrow tuning process, when I get those arrows, I am probably going to video my process and post it on YouTube for everybody to see. Haven't quite decided yet, but that's probably the route I'll go. Because if it goes well, I want you all to learn um, from what went well for me. Um, and if it goes bad, I want to learn from all of you. Once again, I'm only a year and a half now into this. Um, so I'm still learning. I think everybody's still learning. And I do not get upset if anybody gives me criticism, feedback, advice. Um, does not matter. Uh, I want it all. Um, I know sometimes it might come off like I know more than I really do. Um, but the, the truth is, is that I, I want to learn. Um, sometimes I do have a little bit of an arrogance about me, but that's me processing, you know, what's going on inside of my own head. In reality, I know I still have a long, long way to go. And I, I think that there's not anybody out there that wouldn't say, or most people out there would not say that they don't have a long way to go. This is not... You know, shooting a, a trad bow is not something that's super easy. Um, it's, you know, there's always something to learn with it. You always have to practice. And even if you've learned everything, you, you have to keep those muscles going. It's not like riding a bike. You know, it, if you don't shoot for a while and you go to pull back your bow, a lot of times it hurts. I should say it's not like shooting a compound because compound, you know, I could practice a week before deer season and really that's all I needed. Uh, not not so much with the uh, with the single string, um, and yeah. So you know we'll see. I, I really want you all to kind of follow along with me if you want if you're into watching YouTube, um, and you know give me your feedback. Uh, if you have any tuning tips, let me know. Um, you know the more the better. Eventually, I do want to subscribe to that push. Um, 
the push video series of the traditional tuning. I didn't do it this year. Honestly, I just don't have the time to watch it. Um, I really want to be shooting. And if I'm not shooting, I'm hanging out with my kid or I'm working. Um, but in the future, I would like to go get that. Um, I know that Cody over at Trad, Trad Lab is incredibly knowledgeable. Last year, I reached out to him and uh, he helped me out. He helped me get ready for deer season last year when I was only, you know, less than, well, less than a year, about six months into it. Um, so I know he's knowledgeable and, you know, would really like to watch that course um, so that I could learn some more myself. Um, or I'll guess I'll just continue learning from my own mistakes because I definitely make plenty of them. <clears throat> so um, the main purpose, I, I got a little sidetracked there. The main purpose of this today's podcast is to talk about hunting tactics. Not every hunting tactic, um, but my personal hunting tactics. Um, and for me, what this is some knowledge that I have that I would like to share to everybody because this is how I've hunted for quite a while. And I, I do think it really pays off. And I think that there are some of you out there that can gain a little bit of knowledge from this. Let me get a drink real quick. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So when it comes to hunting, I am 100% of the time a ground hunter. I've always wanted to hunt out of a tree stand. Uh, I've always wanted to hunt out of a tree saddle. But I am personally petrified of heights. Um, I, you know, if I climb up on a step stool, I have my legs start shaking. If I climb a ladder, my legs start shaking. I've tried tree stands in the past. I set them up at five feet and I was still shaking while sitting in them. I could not stand in them. I had to sit at five feet. Well, at five feet, uh, you know, in this hilly country of West Virginia, a lot of times that brought you eye to eye with deer. Um, and if I'm going to be eye to eye with deer, I might as well be on the ground hunting them. So for me, I have not done a lot of public land hunting. That is something that I do plan on changing. Um, but historically, I've always hunted private land. And over the past several years, the private land I've hunted has been on very, very small properties. So with these small properties, um, you don't have to scout as hard. You do not have to put in many miles. The property I'm hunting right now is easily less than 15 acres, honestly, probably less than 10 acres, might not even be 10. Um, there, you don't have to put in as many miles on the ground. But you do really have to track when the deer are coming in. Um, you know, think of it kind of like urban hunting a little bit. They're entering this parcel of woods what time of day and when. They may not bed in this parcel of woods. Um, it's not personally my property. It is someone else's property. So, you know, going and, you know, cutting trees or laying down trees to make cover for them is not feasible for me, um, and it may not be feasible for you either. There, you know, the woods that I hunt, I'm not going to hunt woods that do not have deer going to them. Um, it does have deer going to it. 
Uh, I do live in West Virginia where baiting is legal. Um, and so, you know, in the, I don't necessarily hunt over uh, a bait pile, but in the summertime, I do spend a lot of time, you know, setting up mineral sites. Um, you know, I, I might put some food out for them in the summertime. Normally, though, it, it's mineral sites just so that I can get some pictures. So, so that's one way that I start bringing them in. And then I can start tracking them that way with a camera. Um, I do love cameras for especially private land hunting because you don't have to worry about them getting stolen. Um, but, you, you know, you want to track to see what way they're moving. In the summertime, um, when you are doing the scouting, you don't want to pick your place right away. And you actually you kind of want to focus on a few different areas. You want to focus on the area that the deer are coming in, and you want to focus on the area where the deer are going out. And that might be multiple groups of deer um, on the same property. Actually, the one that uh, me and my father and my brother currently hunt, you, you have two completely different groups of deer that enter the property from different angles and leave the property at different angles. I mean, I won't say that they never meet up, but, but they are two completely different groups on this small piece of property. <clears throat> Whenever you are setting up on a small property, I always personally like to set up somewhere in between where they enter and where they exit if they're not, um, if, if they're not, you know, staying or they're not bedding there. Um, generally a little bit closer to the entrance um, because if they're entering, you know, later in the evening, you don't want to be waiting every night until dark. I've, I've ran into that in the past where the deer every night would come in right after it got dark. Moving in a little bit closer to that entrance, you know, deer are not moving quick. They're eating. Um, that, that gives you a little bit of a little bit better chance. Um, same thing, you know, if it's uh, early in the morning that they're in there, you probably want to be a little bit closer to the exit because that's the last place they're going to be. As well, if you're hunting a small property, setting up closer to the middle of that property gives you gives the deer less of a chance if you shoot one to exit the property completely and go onto somebody else's property. Me, my father, um, in the past, we, more times than not, if we have um, shot an animal and it went onto somebody else's property, they have not let us go onto their property to recover said animal, which is, which is super rough. Um, I mean, I won't say it's happened a ton, but it has happened to both of us. Um, I don't know why somebody would be like that, um, especially if they're not going to use the meat but that is what we have ran into. If you are a property owner and somebody shoots a deer on their property and they and it enters your property, I, I want to encourage you to allow them to get that animal. Obviously, you don't want them, you know, trekking up all over your property and ruining your hunting spots, but, it, you know, don't, do not let an animal go to waste. If you're listening to my podcast, and that's happened where you've been on the end where the deer entered your property after it had been shot. Please let the people come on and, you know, do everything that they can to successfully collect the animal. Um, I do not want to see 
an animal suffer. And I don't think that anybody listening to this podcast wants to see an animal suffer. So something to think about uh, there. Um, definitely words to live by. But I'm going back into it. So that is kind of where I, how I pick my setup spot. Now, the method that I use, um, being a ground hunter, I have, you know, set next to trees, um, set, you know, behind some brush. I've done all of that, but to be honest, if I'm on private land and it's a small piece of property, there's probably not a lot of places I can set up. So I am putting in a ground blind. My go-to ground blind is the Baronet Big Mike especially shooting traditional gear and shooting traditional gear vertical. Um, I do not camp my bow, so shooting it vertical, that blind gives me plenty of room to shoot out of. I can comfortably stand in it. I could stand and shoot with the canted bow out of it, um, but I I prefer to sit and shoot. Um, But it is nice to have that extra room. Now, with the Baronet and most of the ground blinds out there um, that I have had, they have a black interior. And a lot of people, when they are, what I have seen when they are hunting in a ground blind, is they don't necessarily care about what they are wearing. Um, I, I mean, I know a deer's eyesight is not that great, and you think, oh, they can't see me in here. Um, or they will wear their camouflage. Some camouflage has a lot of white in it. Whenever a deer looks into that ground blind, depending on how the sun is, and they see any sort of white, and it is, you know, moving around, um, because, you know, you periodically will move. You know, if you're drawing a bow, you're moving. You know, think about the fronts of your hands, uh, the whites of your eyes. Even if you are dressed appropriately, there is stuff that they can still see in there. What I prefer to do and what has given me the most success is I will um, completely dress in black or the darkest clothing that I can find. My short, I I wear shorts most of the time when I bow hunt until it gets colder. That's not that big of a deal because they're not in, at least at my blind, they're not at an angle where they can see down. But a, a black long sleeve, I will wear face black, a black hat. Make sure I get my ears, and I will, because I don't like shooting with gloves, but I will black out the fronts of my hands as well. And in case you didn't didn't hear, um, I'm touching my hands while I do that because I do talk with my hands. So I will use all black. Now, when I first started ground blind hunting, like a lot of people, I put on my camouflage. I might even, you know, wear some camo makeup. Um, but I noticed that deer, they see that ground blind. They know it's there. Um, They see that ground blind just as they see a house. Um, You can brush it in, but there's still something there. They can tell that fabric's there. Um, But every time they pass that ground blind, they will look in it and they will watch. And I have gotten, when I first started hunting out of the ground blind, I would get busted all the time. Even if the wind, you know, were in my favor, I would get busted. With dressing in all black, I have had deer with their face up to the ground blind, literally, you know, three or four feet away from me, and not even care. If, you know, if my scent is not blowing in their direction, um, they don't care. 
Um, my, you know, I also, I'm also a believer in, you know, scent concealment. Um, that's definitely probably pushing it with a lot of you. Um, maybe I'll go into that another time, but I, I have had them right there and I've had them standing at, you know, five, six feet before for, you know, 10, 15 minutes where I couldn't move even still all dressed in black. When I was wearing camouflage and not all black face paint on the blind, I was getting busted with good wind at 20 and 25 yards on the regular. So my suggestion, if you are going to be hunting out of a ground blind, um, is to try the all black because it, it you know, it, it, it really, that, that I think that's the main purpose of the ground blind is to hide inside of it. Even if they know it's there, they don't care. Now, the other thing with the ground blind that I have noticed with trail cameras, when I put up my ground blind at first, for the first, you know, week or so that it's out, um, I don't see a lot of deer activity on camera. And the longer it's out there, the more deer activity I see. So I always like to try to put my blind out, and I've already put it out this year. Um, I've done some scouting, put out my blind. Um, I like to do it two months in advance to give them full amount of time to get used to the ground blind. Um, because as long as they're used to it, it you, you've, got a, you've got a better shot at seeing something. Um, sometimes I also like to leave something in there that kind of smells like me. That might be a little bit crazy. Um, you know, just, just so they can get used to some human scent there as well. I don't know, that might be taking it too far. Maybe I've overcomplicated things. But, you know, hunting out of a ground blind gives you the opportunities for close shots. They give you the opportunity for broad side shots, quartering away shots. You don't have to worry about the spine uh, or the angle of entrance as much. Um, so that, you know, it's something that I recommend everybody try. And the up close experience uh, is definitely worth it. Um, last year, numerous encounters. Um, the, the doe that I shot last year was at 17 yards. Um, but to be honest, before I decided to shoot her, um, at one point in time, she was standing at five and a half yards from me. Um, so, you know, I, I could have taken, taken that shot, uh, just as easily. Um, but it, it took me a while to decide, you know, if, you know, if I was going to take that shot, I, I don't, you know, shoot everything I see. Um, so it, a lot of consideration goes into it. You know, was she a big doe? Um, do I need it for my freezer? You know, does she have little ones with her? Uh, you got to make sure there's no buttons on the head. Uh, I've shot my fair share of button bucks. Um, and don't look down on anybody that does it. Um, but I, I try to preserve them if I can. I've got terrible vision and I'm really bad at judging if it is a button buck or not. I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, just, you know, something to think about. Get the get your blind out if you've got private land that you're hunting. Get it out early and try wearing black. If that's not something you're already doing, um, give it a try, and, and I think you'll see a difference. Um, now, as well, this year, <clears throat> um, I have, just like last year, still made it part of my bucket list item to harvest an animal on public land. So I, I'm trying, I'm still trying to hunt the same plot of public land, uh, but I've started, you know, looking at some different areas. Last year, I did not have much success. 
hunting in the deep woods of the public land. Uh, and I, I did run into some people out there. So this year I might try to hunt a little bit closer to the car. Maybe everybody else, you know, watching these videos like uh, the hunting public or anything like that. Maybe they all have the same idea that the big bucks are in deep, so all the deer are up close. We'll see. I've seen deer on this, you know, on this plot of land before. Um, just not during hunting season. So, fingers crossed with that. I do want to hunt that hard next year, or this year, just because it's a new experience. And I'm really trying to decide on how I want to hunt it. Once again, I am a ground hunter. I don't want to leave a blind out there. Um, just because um, I don't want to get it stolen. I have thought about, you know, getting like a one of those pop-up blinds, the spring steel pop-up blinds, maybe cutting the top out of it. Maybe I don't need that extra concealment and I should just brush myself in. I've also looked at the stakes with the, you know, fabric. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll try those and see how how it goes. Um, or I might just get like a leafy suit or a ghillie suit. Maybe that's the best route to go in and then I can really just tuck in anywhere. Um, if you all are ground hunters that hunt public land, you know, reach out to me and let me know what's best for you. Um, I'm really getting excited about hunting season. Um, for those of you out there that do hunt, um, you know, I'm sure you are as well. Um, but share your experiences with me. Um, I do have a lot of experience hunting. I'm only a year in um, with one kill under my belt with a trad bow, but I've been hunting my whole life. Um, and, you know, if you are hunting small property and you are afraid of heights, um, reach out to me. Um, you know, I, I'll give you any advice that I can. Um, I have had plenty of success hunting. Um, I won't say that I'm, you know, killing 10 animals a year. Um, but you know, I, it's been a long time since I've gone a year without success. Um, and you know, I, I do feel like I've kind of perfected that ground blind game a little bit on private land. Oh, sorry about that. My wife and kid came home, the dog started barking and I'll tell you that scares you quite a bit when you are sitting at home alone talking to yourself, which is what podcasting is. Um, unless you have somebody that you're interviewing, it is talking to yourself. So scare me a little bit. Um, wife and kid are home now, so I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty soon. Um, but going back to it, like I said, I do have a lot of experience hunting. So, you know, if you have questions, let me know. Um, when they came home, one other thing that I thought about that I had forgot to mention on here is when you do set up your ground blind, if you choose to hunt out of a ground blind, is set it up in a way so that the deer are coming from your left or your right, not, you know, where they're coming at you head on. You know, if you set up where they're going to come from your left or right, that gives you time when you know they're coming to kind of get in a set position and minimize your movement um, so that they have a little bit more difficult time to pick you out. As well, um, if you are someone that baits, I won't judge you either way but if you are someone that baits try setting up your ground blind in a way where your your baits you're not hunting directly over the bait you know set it up where they're going you know from point a 
to your bait and you're in between because that will make them um, a little less cautious, at least in my experience. Uh, when I have my mineral sites, um, I set it up so the deer are headed towards the mineral sites. I'm not, you know, all that close to them, but they're there and in their mind they're you know they're they're going to those sites that's where they always go even if they're not hitting the minerals that's the direction that they're going to go because that is how i've trained them um so you know just some things to think about um as well if you're somebody that's afraid of heights and you do get up in a tree stand or a saddle you know reach out to me let me know how you overcome that um let me know or if you haven't, let me know how you can how you can get over for that moment to hunt out of a tree stand or a saddle. And how high do you hunt? Um I you know, I'd still would like to hunt up a little bit higher, but I I just kinda can't get over it. Um are you someone that sits in the stand the whole time you're you know, in the stand or do you stand? Um just let me know. Um you know that that's really about all I have. For today's episode, you know, once again, please, you know, show support to Novum Archery, up and coming business. They are based in the U.S. These are U.S. made products. Um, so, you know, whatever you, you know, whatever you can do, give them a like, um, comment on that post. We want to get as many people on there, and we want to get as many people looking at their products because. You know, not only am I sure just by looking at it alone um, that it's a quality product even for, you know, someone that is seasoned. I mean, a, a $10, $15 archery tab for somebody just starting out, guarantee you it is a 100 times better than the tab that I started out with when I was buying on a budget. So, you know, show your support to them. Uh, super nice people over there. And, you know, let's let's get this giveaway rolling. Uh, share it with your friends as well. Share it with your archery friends. Uh, but that's all I have for today's episode. Hopefully next time you won't have to wait as long for the next episode. Um, but, you know, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. And y'all have a good rest of your day, evening, afternoon, night, whatever it may be.